with trailers, movies, and everything in between. We'll be here to meet all your cinema needs. If you're cleaning, driving, or fixing those door hinges. Welcome to Rancid Oranges. What is up, citrus lovers and cinephiles? Thank you for tuning into this brand new inaugural edition of Rancid Oranges. I'm your host, Amza Yusuf. And I'm Stephen DeCoste. And this is our first episode, Stephen. This is episode numero uno. I'd just like to say hello, cinephiles and citrus lovers. We assume that you're both here, and we're hoping that you're the same people. I'm sure they are. I'm sure. I mean, I'm a citrus lover. And a cinephile? And a cinephile. I'm a cinephile for sure. I don't know. I feel like oranges are really not my vibe. Even though it's kind of the premise behind our entire podcast. Yeah, but I feel like you gotta separate real life from the podcast a little bit. Like, I got it's fair. my it's lime fair. water right here. I'm a citrus lover. Citrus in the water. Lime is good. Lemon is great. Ugh, you know what? Grapefruit is worse than orange. I take it back. Oh, for sure. Orange is, yeah, yeah, orange isn't that bad. Grapefruits, no one eats grapefruit. I think my thing That's is just real. that when you have an orange, mm-hmm. right, it so rarely is easy to peel. Oranges are the worst. They're, they're such a task. They're such a task. And, and for me, it's like, thumbs most get of the orange. time, the orange is yeah. sour, and I'm just like, what's the point? I've never had an orange that tastes the same as I thought it was going to taste, and I'm always either... You know, sometimes pleasantly surprised, but usually let down. Yeah. And I spent like 45 minutes unwrapping this orange. My nails are orange. No, no, hip. I've squirted I mean, all over my clothes. Like, I'm a mess. When I when I peel an orange, my fingers reek of orange for yeah. at least another 42 hours. Yeah, not even... No. I'm, terrible. Yeah. Anyways, thanks <laughs> for tuning into this brand new edition of Rancid Oranges. Uh, we're your hosts, Thomas and Steven, and we're going to be reviewing movies for you. Yeah. This is the OG movie podcast and our whole premise what makes us interesting is that we're going to be doing a fun little comparison right yeah that's that's the deal so we all know i guess we don't know but we are mostly reviewing blockbuster movies those movies that have just come out and depending when you listen to them have already come out but the idea is that that are coming out in theaters right now exactly basically new movies hot movies and the way it kind of starts is where do you figure out what movies you're going to watch? You watch the what trailer. Do you watch? The trailer. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so that, that's kind of how it goes. We watch the trailer, and we all know that trailers can you know build up the hype. It can bring it down. It can kind of leave us right where we want to be. Yeah. And that's what we think about. Yeah. Is this trailer going to overhype the movie? Is it gonna just right? The movie or or the movie. does it underperform? I mean, we compare the trailers to the actual movie. To the movies. Yeah. And then we get a rating. Yeah. Now tell them about the rating system. All right, guys. So here's the deal. We are cynical. So we're never mm. going to give the movie an actual rating. No. Because there's no fun in that. You know no. what I mean? So every episode, every review episode, mm. Stephen and I are going to review episode. Wink, wink. <laughs> okay, Stephen and I are going to be giving the trailer a rating. And right. every time we watch a trailer, it's going to be the official trailer mm. for the movie. Uh, tons of trailers come out. Usually, 
um, there's multiple official trailers, and if there are multiple, we'll usually do the, we will do the most recent official trailer. Right. Yeah, and the, they always kind of range from like the two minute mark to the, you know, yeah, the 240. Two to three, two, yeah, the, 220, 240 for yeah, the no 220, reason. 240 mark. I don't know yeah. why, but. I don't know. It's just, it's every single movie, every single movie, like 220, 220, 240. And then we're going to give the rating. Oh my god, we're going to give the trailer a rating. Right. Yeah. And then at the end of it all, we're going to review the movie, and we're going to tell you whether the movie was better. Lived up to the hype, or mm-hmm. worse than we thought it was going to be after watching the trailer. Right. If the movie is a bitter lime, then it was no bueno. Mm-mm. No. It didn't live up to the hype, and it just was disappointing. And watching the trailer, we expected more. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty how, simple. How about a sour lemon? Sour lemon. We saw the trailer. We came in with whatever rating, whatever expectations we had in the movie, met the bar. Yeah, it, it hit, took care of business. It hit the mark and it thought ex- it was exactly as good as we thought it was going to be, basically. Yeah. Nothing crazy, but uh, nothing you regret. You yeah. know, not a waste of your time by any means. Yeah. And if you think about it, if a trailer is a nine and the movie is a sour lemon, then it was a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so sour lemon doesn't necessarily mean bad. Now, the best one, mm-hmm. the best kinds of movies, because they really are the best kinds of movies, are the movies that you're pleasantly surprised by. The movies that you watch the trailer, but when you finally see the movie, you're like, wow, I wasn't expecting that. That was Mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. And what do we call that kind of movie, Steven? That right there is called a... Rancid. Oh, Rancid. Orange. Orange. Yeah, Just like that. Wow. I gave myself goosebumps. I know. It's been in the workings for so long. There it is. There it is. It's out. It's official. The people have listened. The people have heard. We can't take it back now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You ready to get into this movie? Let's get into the first movie. Alright, so what movie are we covering today? Can I get a... Scream. 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 Scream 2022. Yeah, yeah. The, the the naming is already something to think about. Yeah, it's already kind of is. Oh, yeah, part of the whole thing. Alright, guys, so we're going to be covering the movie Scream. It is a movie that just came out this past January, and it should be available for release now and streaming and i think it's on blue right now too so yeah it's yeah. out there on amazon prime paramount yeah. plus yeah paramount plus yeah, yeah. and so that's kind of how we're going to do things we're going to cover <laughs> movies uh like a few months after they come out but never more than i think like three or four months basically right yeah, yeah that's kind of the whole narrow thing. window people yeah. narrow window all right now <clears throat> we're coming to this as pretty like avid horror fans I th- yeah i say I, that I, we watch more horror movies than the average person. I, yeah, for sure. It's my favorite genre of movie. Mine as well. I think we've seen more than most people. I think yeah. when it comes to Scream, you're definitely the bigger the bigger fan of the yeah, franchise. Yeah, I do but... love Scream. I, so the first Scream movie is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm. Yo, me too, bro. Yeah, we keep on clipping. I'm like, I'm, I'm always getting scared. I'm like, ah, are we too loud? It's all good. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's not that deep. Um, Scream, yeah. I, I'm trying to think when I saw the first Scream movie... I don't know, I was probably like 10 or 11 when I was kind of like, I got into horror movies and I was like probably 9. Yeah, I was yeah. obviously kind of my parents were parents of the, the 80s. So yeah, yeah. We, I saw a lot of the classics and of course... And Scream, was, know, Scream was the 90s. Scream but. was the 90s. I didn't really think about it as a classic, which is why I kind of saw it on the tail. I would end, say, well, that's just because your parents, because my parents too, I mean like... My parents are older. We're just older then, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And like if something comes out in like 19, I think Scream, so the original Scream, in my opinion, isn't necessarily like an OG 70s, 80s horror movie, no. but I think it's just as impactful as a lot of the movies that did come out then. Oh, for sure. I mean, it came yeah. out in 96, but 96. still, I mean, if you think about like iconic killers and Yeah, and iconic plots, killers, you know. iconic plot, it's like an OG whodunit. 
yeah, it's, it's a whodunit. whodunit. It's, it's always it's two. It's such a good whodunit. Um, so we're going to be coming at this movie with a little bit of that, um, you know, Scream fan, um, I don't know, perspective. Which is kind of what drives the plot of the movie. Yeah, yeah I'm definitely, I'm definitely probably, I've definitely seen the movies more than Steven. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. All right, guys. So watching the trailer, what was, what was your rating? I actually revised it. I was thinking about it. I gave it a, a 6.7, which is lower than the right. original rating, but by, okay. by almost a full point. What did you give it last time? A 7? It was like a 7.7, 7.8. Okay, okay. And so, so what? So yeah, why it, was, it, it was. It was. Should I explain it, or should you give your rating first? Okay, I'll give my rating first. Yeah. Mine was a seven point five, mm. kind of similar to what your first rating was. I enjoyed the trailer. Yeah, but it, it it was good. It, the, the trailer was fine on its own. Yeah, there was, it was nothing was wrong bad. with the trailer, but for me, it's the fifth, arguably like the sixth, the fifth movie of the franchise. Yeah, and I always have low expectations for these movies, and that's kind yeah. of part of what factors into this rating system is what do we expect. Even going in and watching a good trailer, yeah, especially from a movie that's part of like a big franchise. Yeah, I'm not yeah, gonna expect yeah. the fifth of anything to be good. It's fair. I mean, no one talks about the fifth of July. They only talk about the fourth of July. The fifth is irrelevant. <laughs> you know, oh, never mind. Do you know what the you know what Canada Day is? No. July first. I forget that you're Canadian. I'm. I'm, I'm hey, half buddy. Canadian. God, what an elitist. Yes, sir. <laughs> but so I, I mean, it was a good trailer, and and we'll talk kind of. About yeah, yeah, yeah. what what made it great, but it, I just I, it was, I I wasn't excited. I mean, I was excited, but I was also just you was just kind of like whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's fair. a scream movie. I'm gonna enjoy it, but that's a yeah. low bar. So I enjoyed it a little more than you did. And I think one of the reasons I did, um, and this was just kind of a me thing, honestly, is because I so the last scream movie came out in 2011, I believe. Um, so I was 10 when the last scream mm, movie came out. That was scream. Yeah. It was the fourth scream, right? So like. I didn't really watch Scream yeah. until I was probably 13 or 14. So there hasn't been a new Scream movie. You know what Fair. I mean? Yeah. And so I was kind of introduced into this world, became a super big fan of this franchise, and then they released this movie. So to be honest with you, I was actually super excited about the movie itself. There you go. But yeah. I was scared because there's a big um, <laughs> requel. Oh, um, no. Yeah, there's a big, there's a big, uh, requel. Uh, Scream lets us know. Uh, they let us know all about the yeah, requel. They let us know all about it. A, a, a trend going on, um, where movies are being, um, you want to, we can do a quick, quick explanation. Yeah. But basically, a requel is a sequel that's also a reboot. It's a monstrosity. Yeah. So, like, and like the classic, I think the first big, re- uh, requel. Like that kind of started mm-hmm. the whole thing. I think it was probably like the Force Awakens. I think it's a great oh, example of an OG yeah. requel because they they um, are movies that continue a story, but reboot the franchise enough with enough new characters that you're like, okay, this is different and fresh. Mm-hmm. But they also have old characters in it to tie it in, to tie it in, and to have that legacy. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, and it's this kind of they're trying to find a middle ground because reboots because like the early two thousands was all reboots. Everything right, was getting yeah. rebooted. Um, and people get tired of reboots, and people also get tired of sequels. So yep. they've created this requel concept. They've created um, this mud. And a lot of movies are doing it. Halloween did it. Um, uh, Jurassic Park did it. Um, Jurassic Park did yeah, it, I like, think, uh, All these well. franchises yeah. are releasing these requels, and Scream basically just did the same thing. So, you know, I was kind of excited going into the trailer. They they dropped all the, all the characters that are coming back, and 
that was very you know fun and cool. It was it was a suspend, suspenseful trailer. There was lots of action. Lots of action, but the and best part they don't give away like any the, of yeah, the kills, the deaths, the twists, away. and that's you know that's obviously the thing with every single trailer is like oh my god I just saw the entire two hour movie really? in two minutes and forty seconds. That's like the one thing I appreciated yeah. was that I think that there weren't like many money shots. There were so like watching the movie and then thinking about the trailer back. There were big. They kind of showed a lot of the big plot scenes, mm-hmm. but yeah. they didn't show what happened. Yeah, in we don't know scenes. who it was or yeah, why they mattered, and then on. that kind of. And I think yeah, I don't know. I, I think it got me excited, but it wasn't the best trailer ever, so I gave it a seven point five. I mean, I was a little bit harsher. I yeah. think. It, I, I mean, basically, I may have because we we saw this movie and then came up with the idea for the podcast like we kind of worked like in reverse yeah, we, order so we, we, we did a little bit of reverse engineering and then we watched the movie again and we've seen it again yeah um but i, st- I stand by six, this, this six movie literally made us want to do this podcast yeah basically, I mean, this, basically. yeah this movie because they will talk because, about because how we, we, we enjoyed it shit i mean we enjoyed it these characters could have done a podcast about movies because the movie's so self-aware about what it is it's very much so. it's, it's great we'll all right get into it but all right now we're reaching the mark where the spoilers start yeah, and so. the review starts. So, if you want to watch this movie, go watch it. Because we thought the trailer was pretty good. I thought pretty it was good. pretty good. T- yeah, Steven well, yeah, thought, it was I thought, I thought it was slightly less pretty good. Slightly less pretty good, but I'm but still pretty good. I was excited to watch it yeah, after the trailer, exactly. for sure. Alright, anyways. Let's go. Man. Oh, shit. We have to explain how we're going to go through this, bro. We do. We... Man, I forget. Yeah, I know. The people don't see what's going on in my head. Yeah, okay, so just love it and cinephile. So we're going to break down every review that we do based off of... Man, they found Ghostface. Look at that. Yeah, is that is that you? Did you call the cops on me? I did, I did. I told them. Because your dad is Billy Loomis and you're crazy and that doesn't come out to the third act for no reason. (laughs) We'll talk about it. Okay, okay, okay. Three categories that we're going to basically kind of qualify every movie by. The three categories are going to be, the first thing, writing. Yeah. Writing includes anything that comes from dialogue, story writing, character arcs, everything that can be written and needs to be written to make the movie come to life is the writing, basically. Yeah. Very broad, um, but very important. Very broad, and we'll kind of explain as we go through, and not, not every movie's the same, but we'll tackle you know, the writing of every movie differently, I guess. Right, yeah. right. And the next one? Production, which again, production. broad, but again, broad. covers we kept them broad and everything. Yeah, yeah, we tried to break it down so we yeah. could at least have a little bit of direction because we get lost, we go off track a lot. But production, direction. cinematography, score, directing—I mean, everything, everything you can think of that the, doesn't come down to what the characters say or not who what the they characters say or are. How they act, but the look and the feel of the movie. Yeah, I mean, the, that, that also includes things. Well, I mean, pacing kind of goes into writing, but like how. Yeah, for I mean, sure. how is when you're watching a movie is a, like tone an experience? And, and, yeah, I mean, what exactly. am I feeling? And we're watching these brand new movies. For shizzle. For shizzle. Some will be watching from the home theater. Some will be watching at the theater. I mean, there's a lot yeah. that goes into it. But yeah, um, production is a second category, and yeah. then the third is legacy. legacy. So legacy mm-hmm. is just kind of simple. It's really just kind of uh, analyzing the movie and framing it in whether it's part of a franchise like this movie and kind of talking about what that means for it. Um, if it's a one-off, we're talking about whether or not it's made an impact, or or whether we think it will. Or, you know, yeah, does it deserve a sequel, a yeah, recall, a reboot? Exactly. Is it? Did you love it? Did you hate it? What would you rate it? I mean, there's basically, and, and you'll see kind yeah. of as we talk about yeah. our next review, which is <laughs> the Batman, Mister Vengeance, and that's kind of an example of like where legacy does matter. Like, how does it yeah, stack up yeah. with? other versions of the same character, the same world, the same story. Yeah, exactly. It's building the first of what's going to be a bunch of movies. How does it yeah, yeah, yeah. 
what's the taste it leaves in your mouth? Is it bitter? Is it sour? Is it rancid? How does it sit? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How does it sit in the world of Batman movies, basically? But yeah. how does this how does this movie sit in the world of screen movies? It's basically what it is. All right. So writing, let's start up. Man, just let's talk about let's talk about the opening scene. Yeah, opening Come opening scene. on, so good. Opening scene was really good. Um, if you've seen the original Scream, it's pretty much directly like the original Scream. Yeah, same they, house. Yeah, they used uh, Jenna Ortega, who's uh, she's a Disney actor who's been getting pretty famous now. She's been in a couple horror movies now. And she's, she's great. Yeah, she's she's really good. She's probably, in my opinion, the, the best, best actor in, in the movie. In the movie, yeah, for sure. Um, so they open with her, and she's kind of a known actress. She's not Drew Barrymore, like the original <laughs> actress in the first one, but yeah. and and they kind of play through the exact same scene. It's good, like you know what you're getting into. You're in a screen movie. Um, the one thing, and and they do like a, a cool thing with like. Um, at first, I didn't think it was gonna be real, um, but then it was like a real scene, and she was actually yeah. cause, like the fourth movie starts with a fake movie scene. If that makes sense, right? Like, yeah, it starts with a sa- stab movie, but this one just starts with an actual scene. Um, and they kind of, you know, modernized it. And that's also the thing about kind of these more 80s, 90s, like the charm of, there's no internet, there's no, you know, you got a landline, yeah, you got a wired phone, how do we adapt these characters where you could just, you know, go on your ring camera, see it's ghost face, not let them in, like yeah. ADT's pulling up. Yeah, exactly. And so they did an interesting sort of way where yeah. obviously the killer has controlled the phone, has controlled the house, is opening, closing yeah, the just, doors. I yeah, mean, really tense. There's just one scene where she's, yeah, the, the scene where she's like literally like looking at her phone and she's locking the door mm-hmm. and then like the electronic lock keeps on unlocking because yeah, the that was cool. like hacking into her house and she's like screaming, crying and it keeps on unlocking in front of her. It's like, it's it was like, great. Like, I mean, this is really and this good. is, I think, with super, every single major, yeah. you know, fight scene or, yeah. or kill is that they really crush the pacing of what is a five six minute intro action good, scene good intro, yeah, and yeah. Uh, it was great i think i think they did a good job of starting the movie making it a screen movie but then kind of giving the movie its own flavor because yeah. she also didn't die she, she got, didn't die she got fucked up. that was great <laughs> she yeah, got she stabbed got, like 17 they, times they it was crazy because like, because in the movie in the screen movie joe barrymore dies right like yeah. she gets killed pretty hard and she gets stabbed it's <laughs> killed pretty hard <laughs> she gets killed pretty hard like they show her dead body at the end of the scene and this movie, same thing. Like, Jenna Ortega gets, like, stabbed, like, four or five times, but you find out, like, the whole reveal is that she, she actually becomes, like, a pretty central character in the movie and that she is not dead. The biggest thing, though, is when they have... The, the killer says, if you can answer these three questions about the stab movies... Yeah, yeah. It, like, just... Requel. Requel. Off the bat. And that's throughout the entire... That's the biggest yeah, thing for yeah, the yeah. entire movie. They for, get way for, too for, self-aware. Yeah, for the people who don't kind of know how Scream works, Scream is a very meta franchise that talks about horror movies as it is a horror movie and yeah. through the movie's progression they comment on horror movies and they go and so like the, the first Scream kind of did it um, in a creative way this this Scream is also doing it in a creative way but it does it in a very over the top way um, and part of what Scream did in its in its universe was create a movie franchise called With, Stab within this, this universe within that like universe motivates the that's killings that's based yeah. off of all of the story elements that happen in the yeah like the first one like sets up the plot for stab and then stab sets up the plot for scream and then they yeah. kind of like go back and forth exactly. with like what inspires so, what and yeah. that's so in in scream the movie we're watching stab seven is out and it's a whole joke because it's about this franchise that keeps on going and the movies just get worse and worse so it's it's like a commentary on mm. slashers and horror movies that just progressively get worse yeah um and they kind of kind of like you know so uh, yeah yeah, they kinda, yeah exactly um anyways so you know uh, great opening scene really really good and then intro into our main character who is not Jenna Ortega but it's her sister sister yeah. who's also in In the Heights she yeah, was, was in Heights 
Yeah, what's her, what's, her, what's, her, what's her name? Sam Carpenter is the character name. It's mm-hmm. Melissa Vanessa. Washington Heights. Yeah, yeah. It, it's Vanessa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Vanessa from from In the Heights. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she plays Jenna Ortega's sister. Um, and they introduce her. And she she's cool. She's I fine. mean, she works at a bowling alley. That's a tough look for anybody. Yeah, um, she's she's outside of the bowling alley with her boyfriend. <laughs> looks like um, Rain Wilson. I finally figured out. he looks like he Rain Wilson. Look like Rain a lot dopier. It's, it's it's a Dennis Quaid's son. Yeah. What's his name? I don't, it, he has some very generic. <laughs> Jack Quaid. Jack Quaid. Damn, you got Will, Dennis plays, and Jack. Plays, oh my uh, god, that's white. Yeah, super white. <laughs> he plays Huey in the uh, in the Boys. That's right. That's right. Yeah. In the Boys. He was good in this movie too. I think it was he's funny. The, he always he's, just kind of plays the same. He's character. an entertaining he actor. He plays like this kind of uh, I don't know, timid boy man. Timid dopey white men who I don't know wears flannels in the summer. Yeah, like he's, timid boy man. Yeah. yeah, basically. Yeah. 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 But that's great. And then we get the uh, main high school characters, the friend group. Yeah, yeah. Of, the, the friend group of, oh God, of Jenna Ortega awful. and all of her friends. Oh, God. And they introduce all these characters as the movie goes on. And essentially, basically, there's the older two, who are the boyfriend and the girlfriend, and then the girlfriend's younger sister, and then all of her friends. And those are kind of, the, I'd say, the central characters in the movie. Yeah, and yeah. the first time they introduce the central character, they're, they're kind of talking about Jenna Ortega being stabbed, and they're all pointing fingers like, oh my god, you're the, oh killer. God, you're the killer. You're the killer. You're the killer. Where you're were you? the killer. And it's, yeah. it's so in your face about everyone's so self-aware When it first happened, I'm like, wait, what's happening right now? No, I know. I was like, is yeah. this... A, this is a, a joke. Yeah, I, they all accuse each other of being the person in the mask, in dialogue in the hospital room while Jenna Ortega oh, was yeah. just stabbed like ten times sitting in the hospital. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's so it's, awkward. Yeah, it's super. It's, it's just like painfully not real. Yeah, and it's intended to be meta. Yeah, they're in, yeah. It, The whole purpose is that the people are not saying what the people would be saying in that moment. They're saying what the audience is thinking. Yeah. That's kind of the whole premise of this movie, especially in a lot of these dialogue scenes. It's very like, oh, I'm sus of you. No, I'm sus of you. You're just, they're really just playing out what the audience should be thinking. Um, And I think it's, see, it's one of those things where if you embrace it, it's fun. It's I fun. Em- I embrace it. I wrote it. that it down. I was like, they're meta. like doing the thinking for the audience. And it's yeah. it's cute. It's fun. And as long as you're like, you're, I mean, they do. It's just very take, they, they own it up front, which is, yeah, I guess, good. Sure. And yeah. I don't know. I think it's kind of, is that, yeah, it's in the start of act two where they have to sit down and talk about what the hell a recall is. Yeah, yeah, basically. We'll get there. But yeah, I mean, anyways. let's talk though. About the scary reveal and whatnot. I got, I got two things. But number one is the B plot of the crazy daughter okay. of Billy Loomis. Terrible. B plot's not great. So terrible. Yeah, the B plot is that the older sister, the main character, um, Melissa Barrera, is Billy Loomis's daughter. For those of people, for those of you who haven't seen Scream One, Billy Loomis is the original killer from Scream One, mm-hmm. along mm-hmm. with Stu But Stu Mocker, he, he's important, but he's not as important as Billy Loomis in this movie. Billy Loomis was the original killer. He was the main character in the original movie's boyfriend. He was Sidney Prescott's boyfriend, and he ended up being the killer, and he tried to kill her. Basically, it's the whole movie's about. And Billy Loomis had a kid, a daughter, and that daughter ends up being this girl, Melissa Barrera. And the whole town was, hates her, by the way. Yeah, the whole town hates her for being for, Billy Loomis's daughter. And then leaving, like question mark. She left Sam, it, right? Is yeah, that? she leaves uh, her younger sister. No, her name is Sam. She leaves her younger sister, whose name is Tara. She leaves Tara yeah. and is like trying to, I guess, protect the family or whatever. We don't yeah. know why the whole town just like you suck. You left your family. Yeah, everyone, everyone and your hates dad her for being people. like a like a degenerate. It's so weird. Even though when she pulls up, like she's pretty. She put works together. at bowling alley. <laughs> this girl for just moving out yeah. of the town. It's and the reveal that she's Billy Loomis's daughter is done really early, and it's just kind of like okay, 
they, they just do it to add extra stress to her character and to give her character motivation that her character... To, it, they basically are making the main character more significant than they need yeah. to be, essentially. And, and yeah. it's fine. Yeah. I think part of their intention is that at the end of the movie, like, every killer is always related to the story somehow. Yeah. And that's kind of... like I think they're just kind of trying to play at that. It felt like a kind of a, a lazy way to do it. Yeah. And there was no build-up. They're just yeah, like she's like driving like, and she looks in the rearview like mirror minutes, and then it's like you see Billy in the back, a really weird a CGI. Deepfake Billy Loomis. Terrible. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, funny. Yeah, Billy Loomis is just everywhere and like she looks in the mirror and she sees her dad. She like looks yeah exactly and he just like talks to her. It's, in, yeah I agree that part. It, of they it, do it right and it's in the third act and we'll get there. But they, at the very end, it's very actually compelling. It's, it's but much more, by this yeah. point, after two hours, I've I don't care anymore. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it now super early in the movie. I think it was like. 30 minutes in. Yeah. No. So, like, just off the bat, this movie is quick. Yes. This movie is very... It feels like an hour-long movie. Yeah, it's two movie hours. Is, this movie is two it's hours long. It's, yeah, an hour 54. Hour 54, It felt yeah. so much faster. It, it's because it's, it's paced really well. There, I think we were, what, 20, 23? 23 minutes in, and there are three kill sequences. Mm. Two, one person actually dies, but, like, three, Still, three yeah. people, yeah. like, three chase scenes with, like, Someone in a screen mask. Yeah, and it's great. Three minutes into the movie, so like this movie is just going at it, um, and you're just like, okay, shit, like this movie's like going quick, and then you know, movie progresses, they get out of the hospital, and then this is when like the whole requel convo happens. Essentially, in the movie, they explain what a requel is to all of the characters and say, oh, Ugh. the killer is making a requel out of our lives and is killing all of us so that the killer can requel the original stab slash scream it's very meta very very meta but this conversation was a little bit too much for me a a little too much a little too much yeah it was it was kind of a lot it was just long It, it was long um it was something that I didn't need, but I also I guess I'm also like I just know more we, about it. Yeah, like we can appreciate yeah. the point. But I mean I mean I also just don't think people who haven't seen the first four screen movies in the last twenty years, thirty years are gonna be watching screen five. Yeah, exactly. And I, like anyone who's watching the drawn out franchise, yeah, like, yeah. drawn out horror franchise knows the, the story. But I mean it was fine. It was just it's, it was laughable. We both laughed, like, out yeah, loud. It's, it's just like, like come oh, on. we're in a requel, blah, blah, blah. One thing they do that's kind of fun is they start they start showing you, and I think this is the first reveal, they start showing you that, that some members of Jenna Ortega's friend group, Tara's friend group, are related mm. to the characters oh, that's in right. the original yeah, yeah, yeah. screen. Which is so, cool. Yeah, so two characters, two siblings in her friend group, end up being the nephew and niece of, of Jamie, who, mm. who is the, he is, like, in the original screen movie, his name is Jamie, he is the like, the person who says, "Oh, this is how the rules of a horror movie works." He was he's kind of the the device for that movie being meta. That's what I would. That that's sense. how I would describe him. The, yeah, he, the conduit. He, yeah, he's the conduit. He's what kind of metaphies the movie. And he does it. He did, his character. He does great. a great job. Yeah. Um, his like third it, cousin twice removed. Yeah. Well, yeah There's his nephew and niece. So basically, <laughs> like it's it's just like oh, like these characters are related to those characters, right. and, and they drop that. They also reveal Dewey. Dewey's great. Dewey's great. He's my favorite um, legacy character. So the yeah. three legacy characters were yeah. Dewey, Sydney, and Sydney Prescott and Gale. And Gale, yeah, yeah the Cox. three. Yeah, OGs. Um, yeah, and Dewey's was the best. He very Han Solo, um, Force Awakens. Very vibes. much. Yeah, very, like, super woke old guy. Yeah, who... run down. 
you know, old time shaves. I mean, there's a there's a joke about badass. it. There's a joke that the boyfriend makes where he sees Dewey. Like Dewey's like, oh, I'm not gonna help you. I'm not gonna help you find yeah, the killer. Yeah. I've been through. I've been through this too many times. And he rolls up and he's shaved. And <laughs> the boyfriend's like, you can't just shave and give this guy a gun. And he's like, fine. <laughs> Which is like really funny. Because I'm like, that's all he did. It's, yeah, the jokes were very meta too, but they're funny. They're funny. The, the, the actually, the jokes really, were really, really, really funny. Really funny. Um, it's like a it's like a well com- comedically paced movie. And Dewey um, calling out. Dewey calls it so immediately. Um, I mean. The way they introduce Dewey is that the main character, Melissa Ferreira, needs help. She's like, I gotta find this killer who tried to kill my sister. I'm gonna go find Dewey, who has dealt with this multiple times. Mm, right. Dewey is, you know, the, the police officer who, you know, helps Sidney Prescott get away from the people in the screen masks, whatnot. And he's a big central character and he's been in every single movie. They introduce him. She goes and sits down with her boyfriend. Um, boyfriend, I think his name is Richie. Yeah, yeah. Richie Kirsch, Jack Quaid. And Dewey literally looks at Richie and he's like, You did it. It's, it's him. It's obviously him. It's the love interest. He, you know, has some motivation. He kind of explains it, and then you're like, haha, you know, sus, suspicious, whatnot. Yeah, yeah whatever. Spoiler alert. It, it is the boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. It is the killer. One of the killers. One of the killers. One of the killers is um, basically her boyfriend. And he, the, the joke is that he calls it out yeah, the early second on. he sees him. It's yeah. funny. When you watch it back, you're like, wow, they told me. Yeah. <laughs> they still sat around for the next hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. It was great. It was a good. It was a good reveal. Good character, and with that, good character yeah, comes so the death of the good character. I know. It fucking sucks. So yeah, they real relation to the, to the main characters. Uh, Do we? Yeah. It was so good though. Yeah, it, it actually, was really it was. Well, that's kind of a the great. End. And that's the end of the second act. Yeah, it's been a little. Basically, it, just not to like forward too much. Throughout the second act, Jenna Ortega's friends start getting killed off. Essentially, yeah, well, some of them so. start getting killed off one by one. First, it's uh, Dylan Minnette, who is the, the the he's the boy from he's the one. Oh the, yeah, the we can't forget. Hair. Yeah, the blonde hair that was great. He's the kid in in uh, in uh, Goosebumps. Um, Dylan Minnette, he's he's the actor. He's in Thirteen Reasons Why too. He does a good job. He he ends up being I think the son of the sheriff. The sheriff who's who's in some of the older movies again as well. for some reason hates this girl. Yeah, and fine. so and so like he dies. She dies, and you're like, okay, shit, like, people are starting to die. And these these kills... Awesome. Yeah. I mean, we'll, the we'll whole scene, production, but, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, and... Yeah, I mean, that we'll talk about kills, that in the see, production. Kill sequences are so but good. But it was so yeah. well done. Like, like, it's so good. Um, so, you know, people start getting killed off. Then, you know, the Scream Killer tries to kill Jen Ortega in the hospital. Dewey tries to save her. Dewey dies. Dewey almost has him. Yeah. Dewey almost... Goes back for the double tap. Yeah. A super meta horror. Yeah. Gotta shoot him in the head. Yeah. Gotta finish him off. Gotta double but, tap. And then Dewey fails. Dewey gets yeah. stabbed. Super sad. Dewey dies, um, and then Gail and then City Prescott pull up basically, yeah, and they're, they're like, like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. Like you know, you guys killed Dewey. Now we're gonna avenge the fuck. Now we're pressed. Yeah. Now, now we're pressed. Yeah. Exactly. Gonna... So Sydney Prescott and Gail Weathers show up, um, and they're ready to go. Um, Dewey dies again. Very much Han Solo vibes. Force Awakens. Introduce him. He's dope. <sighs> badass. He's too old. He dies. It's kind of it's kind of happens basically. Act three. Essentially, like these characters start to die. They yeah, I mean, they, they go to this house party, so I guess they're, like, driving away, because... It's the house party that kind of with the movie Yeah, ends. yeah, the two main characters want to get away. Th- throughout the movie, the plot kind of follows the plot of Scream as well. What? Like, they go to a house party at the end of the Scream movie, mm-hmm. and it's the same house. Same house. Same house. It, same house. It's, it's the same house in the in the actual story and in real life. It's Billy Lewis' house. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. But they're driving back. They're, like, they're like leaving the town, and then the little sister needs her inhaler, and so they go back to this house party, yeah. and all the friends are there having... I guess the equivalent of like an Irish wake. Like, yeah. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. A bunch of high scores just like getting trashed. Basically. And it, now, 
What's interesting is, so Sidney Prescott and Gail haven't showed up. No. All these characters that are left alive are in the house. They're, they're all concentrated. It's fun because one character will leave, someone with a screen mask will come in, and then try to kill another character. Yeah. And then when, once the person with the screen mask comes out, people come in, and they do this filter in and out. It's thing. like a rotating door, like a revolving yeah. door, just like, who done it? Who done it? Who who's done out? It? Who who's in? And, yeah, exactly. and it's like, you, it's and then, kind of, you don't see two people on the, on the same time, like, whoa, whoa. Uh, Where'd you go? Yeah, who was it? Exactly. And then as it's happening, all the characters are like, where were you? Yeah. Where were you? And it's funny, like, they're all like pointing fingers and like, they're thinking, watching they're like... what you're thinking. Yeah, like they're watching these... Oh, I don't know what horror movie it was. It may have been actually one of the screen. They were watching movies. the Stab movie. Stab movie yeah. on TV. And there's this little bit where Richie comes in and he's talking to their friend on the couch and he's like, I'm gonna go grab a beer. Do you want to come with me? She's like, oh, good. Don't go somewhere alone. But I'm gonna stay here. Like they're like having like this meta like yeah, like horror cliche yeah. conversation. And they, they each other and they're like, ah, like, ah <laughs> you get it? You've seen the movies? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then they go. But exactly. it's it's really really funny actually. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it's well done. It's, I think this movie. The reason actually I liked it so much towards the end is because it progressively gets better. It gets better. Funny, and, like it and, picks up steam. The end is and so, everything the end is, is really good. The end is great. I mean, the end, great. the end really saved the movie for me because about yeah. halfway through, I was like, I'm, I, I'm intrigued where this goes. Yeah. But if this flops, I'm gonna be really pissed. Yeah, basically. But, yeah. So the characters are super aware of the fact that everyone is a suspect. Everyone on the edge, like around one another super meta um and then basically the characters get um uh narrowed down more and more until amber mm-hmm. who we really have we haven't mentioned at all have no we? i mean that's yeah. honestly it's because they kind of kept her on the dl like she was she's pretty dl she's pretty supportive of both sisters and was kind of unassuming she was also the friend in the opening scene yeah, ghostface says you know i've got amber and these questions are i'll kill her so it's kind of set up to be like it Gen- couldn't possibly be. Andrew, it's her best like, friend. Quote yeah, it. it's so Jen Ortega. Her name is what's her name? Tara Carpenter, Sam's little sister. Her best friend's name is Amber, and she's right. texting her in the beginning of the movie. And she's like kind of irrelevant, yeah. I feel like for most of the movie. Yeah, she like has a little bit of quippiness in her, but she's not. She's very like front um, and center. She's very like e girl. Yeah, like she's and an emo girl. And you see that at the end, I'm in love with an emo girl. At the end, where she just girl. is getting absolutely. Just body, body. And she's, she's like, 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 it's the internet. You don't even do it. I'm an impressionable teenager, yeah, and they yeah, just like light her on fire. Yeah, I'm a dumb little. Yeah, they, yeah like, she's they, just so funny. Yeah, she's she's actually, so she acts really well. She does. She's good, crazy. She does a good job of being crazy. crazy. She has a very like. Um, so basically, what you find out throughout this end scene is that is that um, Amber is a killer, and so is Richie. Mm-hmm. So. Basically, the two killers befriended the two sisters. Um, one started dating the older sister, mm-hmm. and then the other killer started being friends with the younger sister. Um, and it's kind of like a Harley Quinn to a Joker kind of thing. Yeah. Like, Richie's the older guy. He He's calling the shots. And then Amber is, like, funny, and she's crazy. She's honestly she's really like, crazy, and, like, we'll just... We'll do whatever. Take, and, like, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah, and, like, yeah she's, she's just crazy. She's very, 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 like, Harley Quinn, I think, yeah. is a great way to kind of describe it. Um... And it's it's done well. Mm. They kill Amber first, and I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, Sydney Press. That's kind of Sydney. Yeah, I mean that's that, that's fine. The whole thing's stupid. I don't care about yeah. Gail and Sydney. Like finally, someone they, gets shot in the in the front of the house. Yeah. I don't remember who it was. It's the Gail. Two. Gail. Gail shot, and then they finally get into the house, and then they eventually kill Amber. Um, Amber gets fucked up. Yeah, she gets they, sh- like stabbed. She gets doused in doused alcohol. In alcohol Lit on Little fire and then shot and in the like face. Four times. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, yeah, yeah, she gets she, overkilled. She, yeah, I mean, it's great. she deserves it. She, yeah, no. you hate her. She and them. Richie. Actually, Richie also. Well, so yeah. So the fun part, and this is kind of when they use the Billy Loomis thing. Well, at the end of the movie, um, main character Sam Melissa Barrera, she's 
she's fighting with Richie. It's just them two left. And then she sees her, you know, Billy Loomis. Yeah, this is the, the only mirror. meaningful Billy Loomis. She sees Billy in the mirror, looks to her left, and for some reason there's a knife underneath one yeah, of the curtains. Yeah, Billy Loomis fucking points to the, I mean, plot hole. Like, yeah, I don't really Billy know said, how this knife got there, how long this knife has been there. But, like, basically, the ghost of her father points to a knife underneath a curtain, and she literally just is, like, on the floor, and the killer's choking her. And she grabs a knife and she stabs him in the throat, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And then... And then and then you're like, yeah, you think it's over, but she, over she and over literally like puts him on the times. ground and stabs him until he stops... Until he's like... He turns into, like, hamburger helper. Like, my man is yeah. straight up chopped. She stabs him, like, 14 times. And then she takes a gun and shoots him in the head, I think, like, once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, she, like, and, no, like, five times. And she yeah, just yeah, goes yeah. crazy. And, and they make her act, like... They, they make it very when she kills her they make it very cathartic yeah. and they make it seem like oh daughter of a killer kind of yeah because her whole internal into turmoil whole, is like I did this to my family I'm crazy I'm a killer I gotta like keep it on the DL playing into the whole thing and she like thing. saves the day by being crazy by being and like crazy. tapping into yeah, it by being that serial killer yeah, that her father is, always was I don't know just, like, it's fine, not that strong but it's yeah thank whatever. god Richie's dead he's yeah. annoying he but, cried too much at the end yeah, yeah yeah but basically that's like I don't know. That's a quick rundown of yeah. the writing. Yeah. You want to take a quick break? Yeah, take a quick break. Rancid Oranges is brought to you by FTL Productions. FTL is a regionally based company that produces podcasts by students in the DMV area. If you're interested in making a podcast and need some guidance, advice, or production, visit our website in the description or contact reachrancidoranges at gmail.com. Alright guys, we're back. We're back. We're back, and I don't know, I feel better than I've ever felt before. That was great. It was, a good, it was a good quickie. Refreshed. We just had. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, very nice. This movie's rated R. Oh, goddamn. Alright, right, let's get to the production. Yeah. The production. Alright, this movie mm. was made well. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. made very well. Yeah. I think from a directing standpoint, there wasn't anything particularly... Also, I have my uh, my, my header is like invisible. Who directed this movie again? Uh, Steven has a, the full version of our notes up. Oh, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Wait, visible on the computer, but it's it? not visible on my, my little iPad. Scroll up to the top. Oh, it is. A yeah, I put it on. Matt I put it in every single one. Bentinelli, open. Matt Bettinelli open. And Tyler Gillette, like the razor company. Hmm. He's yeah, sharp. This movie, this movie had a double direction. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like it was multiple tones. Like, it was pretty... Yeah, it was pretty... Uh, it felt pretty good. I think the movie itself, when it comes to fancy shots and whatnot, it wasn't, like, crazy. It, it, it served a purpose. I didn't think there was anything wasted when it came to the yeah. direction. No, I think it this was, movie was definitely like I think writing carries the movie. Like you yeah, think about some sure. movies like writing and plot. We'll just say the Batman because that's what's coming out next. But that movie's obviously a lot of Aggressive director writing. heavy. Like when yeah, you, when your story super. is the Batman, I mean, it comes down to the world you yeah. build, the way you show them. Like in some movies, that's kind of what's I nice mean, about this way we're gonna break this up. Is like some movies have a lot of legacy, and some movies won't. And some movies will be yeah. very production heavy, very artsy. And then some of them won't be as stylized. Yeah, and some of them are just we're here for the story, yeah. and if the yeah. story's good. The story's good, and yeah. there's not so much you can do with the fifth movie of a slasher series. No, for for sure. I think it's just one of those things where just because a movie isn't like I would say I wouldn't even say 
significant. I would just say just because a movie isn't like stylized or artsy, no, it doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that some movies, some movies, just There's plenty of artsy movies like It Follows that are incredibly underwhelming, bad. <laughs> Ugh, this is a sore subject. It sore Follows subject. is like one of my favorite movies, and Stephen for some reason just hates it. But it's only because he watched it once, and we have just never watched it together it's again. Fine. Maybe like, as like a special thing, we'll watch it. Yeah, we should. So, so like just just like a fun fact. So. You know who B.J. Novak is? Yeah, so, of course. An audience, do you know who B.J. Novak is? <laughs> They've seen yes. The Office. Yeah, of course. Okay, I feel like I'm on Dora. Okay, anyways. <laughs> so, so kind of a cool thing. So, basically, B.J. Novak is a, is a writer, uh, actor, director. He was on The Office. Super cool guy. Uh, he plays Ryan from The Office, but what he's more famous for is the fact that he's been one of the most prominent com- comedic writers um, like for NBC since he was like... 23 years old and it's mm. just like a prodigy B.J. Novak said that his favorite director of all time is Rob Rayner do you know who Rob Rayner is? Rob Rayner he Rob said Rayner. Rob Rayner was his favorite director Rob Rayner is his favorite director of all time interesting and the reason he says it is because Rob Rayner basically directed like he directed um, like episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm he directed Stand By wasn't Stand Stand By Me. He directed When Harry Met Sally. He directed Sleepless in Seattle. He directed basically This is crazy. I'm looking at this. He directed uh, some of, if not the biggest iconic movies within their genres. And he just went from genre to genre to genre. And he directed all these movies, but no one talks about him because mm-hmm. there isn't like an overhead arching shot through like a window in Harry when Harry Met Sally. It's just kind of like a a movie, you yeah. know, and just because the the, the director's uh, like art and I don't know, like signature isn't there every time you stare at a movie, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean it's a bad movie. I think that's kind of what B.J. Novak's point is when he says that Rob Reiner is his favorite director. Yeah, I was gonna say few good, few good men, American yeah, president, few good men. Take an, if you can, if you can make an Aaron Sorkin movie yeah. story, he directed good, few good men on. and When Harry Met Sally. Isn't that such a weird and yeah, it's just a cool thing. Basically, same kind of thing with this movie. Great movie. But the direction doesn't really stand out. No. Um, production value is great. Um, I like the red was... right hand from Peaky Blinders and the scene where like the mullet wearing Morgan Wallen looking guy gets killed <laughs> and they're playing red right hand yeah. in the car. Great, love super, that song. Super good, yeah. And a good kill. Yeah, it, the the kills were done really well, and I think that's kind of I think that's what we watch it for. Yeah, it's one of the hallmarks of this movie. The kills are so so good, and, and not just the kills themselves. I mean everything about them, the the, the sequence, the pay, like because the kills really aren't. Like if you think about, I don't know, Lord. Lord City's Mortal Kombat. It's not. It's not like a horror movie, but some of the kills are just like super creative. Like think Friday the Thirteenth. Some of yeah, the kills in that yeah. movie, like slamming someone's spine up against a tree. The tree. Is yeah. Ghostface is gonna stab you in the neck. Yeah. It, but he's gonna just chase you around your house. Like in the scene where the the son of the sheriff dies. There's three times where like they open up a cabinet and they close it and yeah. you expect the killer they, to be they, there. They tease you a lot. They, yeah. I mean they're <laughs> they edge you. edging you. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they do. Like this movie is like. It's because, you're right, the killer just has a knife, right? Yeah. So you have to be creative in how you frame the kill scenes as opposed to the kills themselves. The kills are great, and you kind of framed it well, the stalking scenes. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of stalking scenes that are done before the kill, before the ghost face mask person comes out, before fucking Richie or Amber, I guess, come out, basically. And these scenes are done really, really well. Suspense is built so well. Yeah. Um, and, and I truly was... I wouldn't say jump scared. It's hard for me to get jump scared. There was but one. I don't remember which I, kill it was. There was, was one, one moment in the, when we first watched it. We were really 
perturbed. I mean, you, you jumped, which is great. It's I, always fun when someone I, like loves horror. I think it was the one that you're talking about, the one in the yeah. sheriff's house. Yeah, that one. That's one of the best sequences. Is when the the kid from Thirteen Reasons Why, Dylan Minnette, when he dies, like such great. a great cool sequence. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the thing I think is also like with Ghostface, the way that the kills are done feels true to the killer. Because you think about very much so. Like Michael Myers, that man don't die. Uh, Jason may mm-hmm. never have gotten laid, but that man's strong, bro. He he huge. Yeah. Like. Uh, Leatherface, like massive hulking man. This is yeah. a teenager and a guy who works at a bowling alley. Like these yeah. are not killers who are going to beat you with sheer force, like sheer strength. Yeah, they're going to stalk you. They, they just freak you, you out. They scare you. They're going to stab you. And that's it. I mean, I, I think yeah. it's actually kind of. And it lives true to that, but it does a really good job of making you really scared of yeah. them because crazy people are scary. There's also always two. What? Scream also always has two killers. Always so has two that's, killers. So that adds and an extra dimension of kind of. What mystery? Yeah, and like if you're looking at another, one ghost face, it adds another who one? to the who done it. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's just like an audience thing. Like the characters don't know there's two, but yeah. I know there's two, yeah. and so it's is that Amber? Where's Richie? When did I last see them? Like yeah, where? Exactly. And that I think it's, it's goes well to the writing, but also the production, the scenes in the hospital, every scene in the hospital, the fight scenes with with Dewey. I mean, killer, great. The action sequences, all the all the stunt work, all of the damn, it's just active outside it is active yeah we're in college park maryland and Man. college park is the crime central i think <laughs> i mean much, it's the I, weekend i'm pretty sure there's more crime here than there is anywhere in the u.s per square mile i i'm pretty sure per square inch per square inch. squared i'm pretty sure this is like, more crime there's six six crime every say. square foot um i know yeah no but, it's uh yeah like if, i said on a day that we don't hear the fire engine is a day that is not normal and this is like great background for Almost any movie except for the one that takes place in this small town. Yeah. Like, it's been great set. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Set work. Production value yeah, for the it's, Batman. It's production phenomenal. value. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, overall, it was just paced really well. And the scenes that made it a horror movie were done incredibly well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in that regard, production was great. The kills were hella gory. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing looked fake. I didn't. I don't even think I saw bad CG. There is except for Billy. A lot of yeah. Besides the deep fake Billy, that was just yeah. Um, lots of uh, throat slashes. Dominic gets a gets a knife through his throat, but like you see it come yeah, go in and come out. That was crazy. Lots of lots of like it's very disturbing. Lots of like lots of like uh, like Ghostface gets to you and stabs you like thirteen times in the yeah, gut. I mean, yeah, Ghostface. It's like, aggressive. They're very. The killers are very aggressive in this movie. Um, when all these characters die, like, they, what, basically, the way all these characters die, essentially, is there's one stab, and you're like, fuck, the person died, and then they get stabbed over and it's over personal, again, and you're like, man. damn, it's it, it personal, is, they do it in such a way where you're like, damn, like, the killer is angry, and then, I mean, and this kind of comes back to writing, every single killer throughout the Scream franchise is connected to the main, main plot, these killers are not, very intentionally, are not at all. The whole premise behind them is that well, they're, they're like a, they just met on like some forum. They, they met on Reddit. They met on r slash crazy teenagers. They wanted to <laughs> and they wanted to create this. They wanted to create the better, the best, like what stab should have been. What stab should have been at the original house? Yeah, like, and a good requel, basically. They're in real life. Yeah, they wanted to do it, and they just were crazy people. Um, and I think it's weak if mm. you want more. Right. But I think it's one of those things where I'm happy with it because yeah. of. The way the movie it's the movie's not meant to give them motivation they're meant to be random and i think there's i think there's beauty in it yeah i think if we're gonna call this movie artsy it's that it takes on the burden of the recall the fifth movie in a franchise yeah. really, really well and it just does. says it's very, i'll take it it's very artsy writing 
It honestly is quite clever. It's, very, say. it's a very it satirical, is. clever movie. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't take itself too seriously, and it. No, not at all. It also, I think, it, and I'm thinking about like the last. I mean, I don't know if it's like a, the new Texas Chainsaw was fine. It was just it didn't oh, do shit. anything. I think we, we watched that. It was terrible. Actually, it was we, we, we killed it. Yeah, like, we probably was, won't cover that one. But they they didn't like do anything. It with, wasn't special. No, there was nothing yeah, special about it, and I would it say fine. this is a special movie. I mean, to be honest. That's a great way to segue into legacy. Let's do it. Might as well. We're here. So I've seen all the three movies. I've seen mm, the first three, the fourth. I think I watched a recap. I've seen the first three. Four, and then there's this one. Yeah. There's Scream, Scream 2, Scream 3, Scream 4, and then Scream. Right. (laughs) But if you Google it, it's It's also Scream 5. Yeah, it's weird. (laughs) But officially, it's Scream. Um, I think this is the second best Scream movie. I think this is the best screen movie after the first, first one. one. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think the rest of the screen movies were that great, honestly. So the first one's good. The first one's amazing. The first one's like a near perfect movie. Coffee in my, in, my God. in my opinion. We're there. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it's good. The first one I think is incredible. The first one's like a very cool, very unique, unique balance mm. between comedy, horror, mystery. It's just a great movie. It's a great. It's a great movie. Yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah, Overall, it's, it's truly no just. Complaints. I think it's a great movie, and it's not just. It's it's just. It's. I think it's a beautiful movie because it's just not your average horror movie, at a time, and it came out at a time where your average horror movies were just, you know, rock and box office, and they were just kind of coming out and coming out, and horror was dying. It was like the mid nineties. Yeah. Horror <clears throat> was not doing well. Horror did great in the seventies, with like all these like big big names that you, you know, Texas Chainsaw, Halloween. Um, in the 80s was more contemporary stuff like Hellraiser and whatnot. The 90s was kind of dead until we got to this point where Wes Craven came and revamped the whole thing. Mm. And he did a great job. And I think this movie really embodied Scream, but framed it in 2022, which is what a requel is. And I think this movie did it well. So in my opinion, I think it's the second best Scream movie. I mean, I, I won't disagree with you. I think that in 2022 it owns up to how annoying... People, people are in 2020. It's 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 great that they weren't trying to to sh- again like shy away from being yeah. now a twenty seven year old twenty six twenty seven year old franchise, franchise yeah. that people don't really talk about. I mean, or care like, for. I mean, I've been now we're in this era of elevated horror. Jordan Peele, Robert Eggers, like all, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about elevated horror. All sorts of like you know, horror is taking on a new name where you can't just have a, a captivating killer who kills a babysitter and then doesn't yeah, die. Like it's that doesn't cut before. it. People have to do new things. Yeah, I mean that's, and I think that this movie, for that, what it was, in that climate did a good job. Yeah, I yeah. mean it kept it, Not like I said, meta enough and not in like a particularly. Elevated ways. I wouldn't certainly not call this elevated this horror. Elevated not horror. not it, at all. I but it's just a meta slasher. It's taken on the the burden of being a, a I don't want to say a dying franchise, but like a, it's an old franchise. But it's it's back. And if they end on this movie, which of course I doubt they will, it's a cash grab. Yeah, no way. But it was fun. It was, it was very fun. Really fun. And I'm. And by the end of the movie, I was like, "Damn, that was awesome!" Yeah, I mean, it was an yeah. hour, it was a two-hour movie that they didn't feel like two hours because we've talked about this. An hour and a half is the perfect length for most movies. Most movies, especially horror movies, especially horror, especially a slasher horror movie. Yeah, horror, horror movies, really, honestly, any movie. It, it, I mean, and we'll <laughs> we'll get to this next, <laughs> for our next review, but in my opinion, no movie should be longer than like two hours and twenty minutes, unless you're, I don't. Uh, no, no movie should be unless you're watching. Some Atlanta of my favorite movies Atlanta are the longer. Goodfellas. Some of my favorite movies are egregiously long. But 
Yeah. They, I also know. I also know they're long. I just happen to really, really love with a those. few exceptions. Yeah, I mean, there's movies that are long, but you like them so much you don't care. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Godfather P two is like three hours. Godfather. Oh my god. Godfather. Return of the King is is see here's the thing. Return of the King, so long. It's fine. It's a great movie, but it's still long. I mean, give me like all the Harry Potter movies. They're like six hours long. Why? Why? No, none of the Harry Potter no, they're, movie, they're like two and a two. I think the longest one's two and a half. They feel long. Maybe because I always binge watch them in like a week. Because you force yourself to watch all the movies. Yeah, I think I think part of what it is is if a movie feels long, it feels long, and that's when you know it's too long, or that's when you know a it's too long, or b it's not being paced well. That's essentially what it is. And this movie, even though it was two hours, paced well, which is lengthy for a horror movie, quote unquote, paced great. Yeah, and it didn't feel two hours long, and that's honestly, yeah, that's really what it is. Like my opinion is. You know what? I take it back. I don't care if a movie's too long. If it's paced well, I won't notice. But if I notice, then it's too long. Simple, yeah, simple, a... simple as that. And this movie, I didn't notice. It was great from beginning, sands, middle, end. The I end think, was yeah, awesome. I think it started off great. Middle was cool. End was great. It ended on that same shot as the, yeah, as the, the, the original the, screen. The panning out of the house. Of the I, house. Yeah, I think that's... Great ending. Sweet, sweet ending something I'm thinking about now in terms of again next week building movies in general when the third act is great and it's like building momentum and then you get to the spot everyone knows that spot in the movie where you're like this is where it's gonna end and then it doesn't and then it loses the momentum and there's like an extra 20 minutes of like exposition that doesn't actually belong there and it's like why are we here Batman yeah yeah exactly we'll get to it the slow Zoe Kravitz motorcycle ride in the rain disgusting but I mean this movie really just kept the momentum going. Yeah, I, I agree. All it the was, way through, and it can, was, I can overlook the stupid parts of the movie for sure. Like because it Gail nicely simply existing. Yeah, Gail was a cash grab. Courtney Cox is just in this movie because she's really famous now. I mean, the only she's legacy Courtney character Cox. I really cared about was Dewey. Was Dewey. Yeah, <laughs> the rest, I, I agree. And Sydney Prescott was fine too. They just kind of had her in there because she's because she's Sydney Prescott. It's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's and she did she did a great job. I and mean, like, I love. Um, like, I love Nev Campbell. She does a good job, and she's a great final girl, and she's one of the OG final girls in all of horror, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just, I didn't think she was a necessary... It was just, you know... No, but it's uh, a small yeah. qualm, but... Anyways, overall, overall. Good, great, great movie. And that leaves us now to do the Citrus Lover part of this podcast. Of course. So, the Rotten Tomatoes... Not rancid oranges. The Rotten Tomatoes rating Ugh. for this movie. The users, the viewers, the critics, everyone, all together. This movie got a 76%. That's impressive. Yeah. And honestly, I thought it would be rated worse oh, because yeah. it's so meta. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because in my opinion, I think this movie... I think I enjoy this movie a lot, mm. but I do hold strongly that this movie is an acquired taste. Yeah, it is a willing to watch all like twelve Hellraiser movies because you like the first one type person. It's you still yeah. love Jamie Lee Curtis even though she's ancient and like and it's was this, only in Halloween a long time ago. It's for completionists. This movie's meant for like, people who are just in love with the franchise and the idea and like thinking this about movie the movies like this. Me. Yeah, this it's meant was... for pretentious Canadians. <laughs> this movie was fan service, <laughs> but I think it served fans well. It did. If it if you want me to like. Just yeah, plainly. That's a good yeah. way to that's a good way to put it. It was fan service, but it's fan service. This movie to me was a rancid orange. The end. It's a, it's a for me it's a light rancid orange, but, but again, yeah, light rancid orange. Better this than I expected. Was rancid orange? Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be this good. And we got to clarify that's how the system works: is you watch the trailer, you have an expectation for a movie. How does it deliver? This exceeded my expectations. Me too. Yeah. And I've seen it twice. 
And both times. And both times I was like, wow. Yeah. And in between, I forgot. In between, we forget. We in go back in like, between, we forgot how good of a movie it was, and then we watched it again. And we were like, "Shit!" Like this. This, this was, was a really, really good movie. movie. Like, yeah, it, I think it's just watching the trailer. I was like, okay, I was excited, but it's just hard to make effective sequel reboots, re- sequels really hard. nowadays, right? And, and so it. I just didn't. See, I expected something from it, but I didn't expect a lot from it, and I came out thoroughly enjoying the movie. So I was like, rancid orange. I'll give it a rancid orange, and. I'll do it happily. Hell yeah. Happily gonna give it a rancid orange. And I think that if you haven't seen it, you should. And it, I mean, you may have just gotten the entire plot spoiled. But <laughs> Well, you know, now you get to watch it. Yeah, I mean, either way, if, even if you did watch it, let us think about the things we said. Yeah. Let us know. It's great. Yeah, do you think it's rancid orange? Or is it a, a sour lemon? Or a bitter lime. My lime water is almost out. That's how you know it's time to wrap when, when the lime water is running low. The lime water is running low. I think this has to be tradition. Yeah. It's got to have citrus water when we record. All right. Well, the lime water's running low, and you know what that means. It's, it's time, time to for go. Us to go. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Take it easy, guys. See you later. Rancid Oranges is brought to you by FTL Productions. It's produced by our techie extraordinaire, the man, the myth, the Micah Moses. Our editing and mixing is done by the Nine Inch Nails, Niall Davidson, the man on the keys. Our theme song, Elevator Bitchin', was created by FTL's very own Dylan Fitch. For more information on FTL and all of our other shows, visit our website in the description. And lastly, if you ever want to send us a message, a request, or just talk to grow the cinephile citrus lover community, feel free to send us an email at reachrancidoranges at gmail.com. That's reachrancidoranges at gmail.com.